Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. Mark Immelman and Ian Poulter actually will be joining me shortly. I did want to mention off the top, we taped this interview with Ian Poulter last week before the news about a November Masters came out. So we, we kind of reference in there an October Masters, and that's why it sounds like we don't really know what we're talking about because we taped before that news broke. So that's what's going on there. Uh, Ian was great. He gave us some really interesting stuff on Augusta National. I thought he was really poignant about just not being there at this time of year. I think we're all feeling that a little bit. Obviously, there's uh, really important and sobering things going on in the world. But in the golf world, it is, um, you know, that's a reminder of those things is that's such a yearly rhythm. And I think you hear that uh, kind of in the conversation that we have. So we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, If you like this uh, conversation, this podcast, uh, this episode, even uh, let us know by dropping a five star rating and a review in Apple podcast that helps us out and uh, helps us keep cranking these things out. So Let's get to my conversation with Mark Immelman and Ian Poulter. Okay, welcome back to the First Cap Podcast. I think we have probably the the biggest guest that we've ever had on here. I only weigh 195, boys. I don't weigh any more than that. (laughs) But I've seen you on the Peloton. You're trying to make that 195 a little less, right? He's coming down. We're about 190 right now, yeah? We have have Ryder Cup legend, as you just heard, Ian Poulter on. Ian, how's the quarantine life going? Um, I have to say it's... um, yeah, it's been good and bad. I think, you know, from a from a standpoint of being, you know, in a very fortunate situation, um, you know, we, you know, we live in a lovely house and the area is great and being in, in a community we live in, I think we're extremely fortunate and uh, we're a lot more fortunate than other people. I think from, from a sanity perspective, I think, <laughs> and from a mental health perspective, I think we're all finding it difficult. And yeah. How good are you at homeschooling, Pulse? Well, I'm, look, I was awful at school, period, full stop. So me doing homeschooling just simply doesn't work. So uh, my, my, my wife has taken uh, full accountability of that. So Lily and Joshy are in the safe hands um, of Katie Poulter, because if they were in my hands, they wouldn't be getting an awful lot of work done. That's all I'm going to say. They'd, they'd, be, like, they'd, be, they, they'd be on the simulator doing Formula One racing most of the time. Oh, we'd, be, we'd be playing darts. We'd be playing pool. We'd probably have a little swim. We might even do some do some Peloton or, or, or some treadmill sessions. Hey, 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 hey. To that uh, simulator event, I caught, I, I caught a video just yesterday of you had a big lead there. And why did you slow down, man? What, what, what's well, the thinking over there? You know, I uh, got a little ahead of myself. I was given a 20-second start <laughs> over Lando, uh, which was great. And I, I'd maintained that to about, you know, 10-second lead. 
I thought I was on the last lap. So I thought it'd be cheeky, smart, clever to uh, slow down and just edge over the line just as he was coming up towards me. But um, yeah, I was on lap four, not five. So I, I got it very wrong. So this you were celebrating on 17 instead of the 18th hole. Yeah, this, we were just this... like, slightly, slightly premature. Mm -hmm. This sounds like the way the uh, United States handled the 2012 Ryder Cup in Medina. That shirt there, you, you, you're talking. So the, yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Ian, I'm curious. So, you know, it, golf has only been away for whatever, three or four weeks now. Is, is there anything about... Because it, it's such a grind. I think that's what people maybe don't understand is, is it is it a fun and, and, and interesting and good life for sure? But it's a grind also. And I'm curious if, if any part of this quarantine and being away has made you hungrier and, and, and kind of what you've missed about being away. Well, we've been away for uh, 17 days, I think it is right now. Mm -hmm. 18 days. And but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's counting? I think a lot's happened in those 18 days. If you think where we, you know, from from the first point and when we got told on Thursday night that obviously Friday wasn't happening and we're now we're now in suspension. Um, a lot transpired in, in, in that short window. Yes, I think the uncertainty is an issue with when we're going to restart because we just don't know. Right. So. How can you mentally prepare yourself uh, physically and um, game shape ready um, when we don't know when, when we're going to re restart? And I think that's one of the, 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 the trickiest things that we all face, um, apart from staying you know, safe and healthy and um, in quarantine. I just the uncertainty is difficult. We don't know when we're going to start. We don't know how to prepare. We don't know where we're going to be starting um, and we don't know how, you know, if we're going to be starting without any fans or spectators right now. So, um, you know, we miss the sport. I know the fans are missing the sport. I know you guys are missing the sport. And that's just not not just our sport, but it's sport in general. You know, I get home and I just can't believe how much sport I really used to watch on TV. Now it's not there. You've gotten to know Katie Poulter a little bit better now, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually, you know, in in some in some respects, it's um, it's it's made you realise kind of what you have around you um, a little bit more, and I think um, it's given us a little bit more family time, and it's given some of us um, the time that we really have not had in the last number of years. So. Um, from that perspective, it's, it's actually quite nice, but I can't help but just sit back when I've got a spare, you know, a couple of minutes to think of the people that have been affected in the big picture. And yeah. um, I don't know how many the percentage of people are going to be laid off in this time period or, or you know, hours that have been uh, pulled back from them, the amount of money lost that that means, not just to the workers, but the business, the economics of it. And it just, um, I try not to think about that too much because it's, you know, every which way I look at it, it, it it's depressing.
Hey, to that, I, I want to ask you, because a lot of the fans look on at the PGA Tour golfer and they, they see, you know, the high life, if you will. But, but, but you bring up a good point being at home. You're a road warrior. You, you play golf around the globe. And there's a sacrifice to that. I, I want you to share a little bit because it's not all sunshine and lollipops all of the time. No, and, and you know, to, to the point a minute ago, the, the, I think the big sacrifice that we all have as a, as a, global, a global player, someone that has, you know, dedicated their life to a sport, you know, the big sacrifice is family and yeah. family time and, you know, not getting to see the, you know, the stuff that the kids do at school and whether it's a lacrosse game or whether it's a nativity play or whether it's, you know, just picking them up or dropping them off or doing something. Um, and now we're still in this situation where school's out. We, 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 we can't see all that wonderful stuff that they do week in, week out apart from obviously trying to help them with their homework, which I'm not very good at. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's just so very different week in, week out, living out of a suitcase, um, you know, trying to play, you know, dad from afar. Um, now it's very different and you kind of have a new level of respect for, you know, how, how much Katie Poulter does or how much your wife does in, yeah. in and around uh, your house on any given normal week. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a big job and a big task, um, you know, holding a family, family for them. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with that. I, I want to talk a little bit about the masters because that's, you know, this is a time of the year that it's supposed to, to be being played and it, it's obviously not, uh, hopefully it, we get it in later this year at some point, but you've had a lot of success there. You've had eight top 25s, three top tens. You've only missed one cut. What is it about Augusta national that, uh, I mean, just why do you play so well there? Obviously everybody loves well, it, but, but what's the thing that, that makes it so great? There you go. That just happened to be sitting on my desk. Um, <laughs> For the folks listening to this, Ian is showing you the invitation to the Masters. <laughs> One of your favorite pieces of mail every year, right? Well, I could. Uh, it is. I think it, it is for all of us. Um, you know, in my office, uh, there's all wow. of the invitations, uh, which I've uh, which I've got framed up on my office wall. Yeah, it's 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 that time of year. I think you know most people would. Most people would obviously say it's, it's the start of it's the start of golf, right? When you see you know the flowers um, blooming at Augusta National, and um, you know you hear Jim Nance, you know, come on and start speaking about it. it it's it's Hello, that time friends. of year. Hello, friends. Um, you know it's <laughs> um, you know it's it's sad. I mean, it it, it really is. It, it's sad that it's not happening at this time of year and obviously the postponement of it. Um, again, is it going to be in October? Is it going to be in November? I mean, I'm, we, we, again, we, we, we're not sure. And I think, you know, most people try and gear their games up and it's, it's the longest time we've had between majors, obviously um, seven months, is it? I think seven, you know, a good seven months between, you know, the end of uh, the end of the last one, obviously starting, Augusta um yeah it's it's really weird it, it's just strange to think that it would be happening what's the date today uh with the end of next week right so um we would be you know getting ready and prepared and um 
you know, going through old yardage books, looking at, you know, the slopes and stuff and where the pin positions have been from previous years and trying to get a gauge on, you know, how the course is going to play and talking to people that have, you know, played it in, in the lead up and perhaps even going up there as, you know, for an early practice round. It's, um, it's, it's really, really strange not, not to be heading there. Hey, take, take us inside the ropes, Ian. Um, it's such a special event to so many people around the globe. I mean, foreign folks, you, you know, we basically live, they basically live on two majors, really, the Open and the Masters, because of television rights largely. But uh, I, I want you to share as a competitor in the event, just the feeling. I mean, being on the range during the, the practice days is one thing, but, but Thursday before your tea time, tell us what it's like, man. Share, share the insight there, please. Sure. It's, uh, you know, right, right from what well, it, it builds from the start of the week. And, you know, the, the second you're on the grounds, the, the attention to detail, the, the, the perfection of what it is they've crafted through all their years, the knowledge of um, how to make Augusta be Augusta and be so presentable to the TV, to the fans, to the patrons, to the players, um, and everyone. And that, that builds during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then when Thursday comes, it's kind of, there's kind of like an eerie silence. There's no more, you know, there's no more cameras. Uh, so nobody can take a picture. There's, um, there's just a kind of a, like a little electric buzz around the place when, you know, eight o'clock begins and, you know, the the guys that obviously have, have teed off to open, you know, the, the first tee times. And obviously Arnie did that for so many years and, um, you know, sh- shame not to see him there doing it last year. But, um, you know, with Gary and Jack teeing up for eight and the buzz, you can hear the crowd kind of as you're warming up on the range, you can hear that kind of excitement. And range is a lot quieter than what it normally is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well, right? A lot less. Yeah, so it's a lot quieter. It's, um, you know, since they put that practice ground and they moved the practice ground to where to where they have it now, which was the old parking lot, um, huge parking lot it was. Um, but you know, it's just even when you get that excitement buzz from when you just, you know, pull the practice balls out of the netted bag onto the range to the perfect turf that hey, the Carl, balls sit on. I wish, I wish we could show the smile on this guy's face, right? I mean, he's been around the world. This guy's won events everywhere. Sure. Smile right now, folks. That Ian is no, showing. It's just the, so place, cool. the place is the best, right? And again, I'm going to go and show you something in my office right now. But, you know, um, there's a <laughs> horde of stuff. Man. So glasses, cups, beakers, mugs, um, stuff I, you know, have my coffee out of in the mornings is, is all on my shelves in my, uh, in my office. Um, my 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 coaster to put me coffee on in the morning. Um, you know, it, <laughs> Beautiful, man. <laughs> the, the place is awesome, right? I mean, it's just it is the best. Um, it's the only major we go to the same venue year in year out, and it feels like you're going home. So it's almost like yeah. a special home major. And you know, obviously, I'm 44. I haven't, luckily, you know, I haven't got a green jacket. So obviously, you know, um, how old's Trevor now? Uh, he's a little younger than you. I'm 49, so that makes him just about 40. Okay, so you know, Trevor having having one of those wonderful jackets, and what what a win that was for him that year. Um, 
you know, he's going to have the wonderful honour to go back there every year, right, and play. And I'm 44. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm exempt in this time because of my finish last year and I'm just outside the top 50. And, you know, I know time's against me and I'm not going to make it every year. So unless I get a win... Come on now. <laughs> you know, unless I get this win and I slip one of those jackets on, then, you know, at some stage, if you fall out that top 50 uh, and you're not in the top 30 on the FedEx Cup and you're not ranked high enough, then you're not going to make it back. So I'm fully aware of that and I'm working damn hard to make sure I, you know, I, um, I try and, uh, and beat that age factor. Okay, well, one more and then I'll let Carl have it. Now you've, you're off the range, you've made your way over to the first tier, which feels like the, the green mile, really. It's such a long trip from the new practice facility. And you're on the tee there, the folks are surrounding. It's very intimate, you know, and, and you hear four please, Ian Poulter now driving. Uh, talk, you, you've played under the highest of pressures. What does that feel like on that first tee? You know, it, it, it's a very homely tee shot. And what I mean by that is it's, it's, so, it's so patron friendly and it's so member friendly. It actually feels like, it feels like you're just opening your sliding doors at home. And it feels like you've got people wrapped around the inside of the living room right? <laughs> and you're teeing off from from the surrounds of your home, teeing off out into this beautiful uh, golf course. It, it's like a it's like a great buzz excitement of having, you know, friends and family and people, patrons who you you've recognized through the years that are just watching you tee off. It's the heart rate still get up? I mean, you've been around the block a little bit. Does it still get you uh, a little on edge? You, uh, you know, I, I get excited. So more than more than nerves, I I get the excitement factor of it's go time, and that kind of happens about five minutes before tee off. Yeah. And it's just the adrenaline rush buzz that you get when it's when it's for real. I mean, it's you know. I guess it's like when a boxer finally gets in the ring or when a race driver, you know, has just done his formation lap and now he's sitting on the line ready to go. It's it's the excitement. I think I'm not sure it's nerves. I just think it's just pure excitement. Well, I, I want to ask you about 2019 because you, you've had three top tens and last year it, it, it might have been your best chance in terms of your position with, you know, 10 to 12 holes left. I think you were 10 under walking off seven. And I'm curious, did you ever, did it ever, because it was a weird Sunday. I was out there. It was strange. Did you, did it ever sneak into your head to start thinking about what would it be like if I'm, you know, leading with a couple left? I've just got goosebumps. Uh, yes, it did. And I think it was, you know, for me, for me, that was apparent Saturday afternoon. Obviously playing with Tiger Saturday, he shot 66. Uh, I shot 67. And, and I knew then that, you know, I'm going to be in a position come what Sunday that, you know, providing I don't take myself out of the tournament through the first seven holes, the golf course kind of from, from the eighth hole in kind of lends itself to making some birdies. So provided I didn't make any silly mistakes on the opening seven, I felt like I'd have a chance. And uh, going down 11, I bogeyed 11. And even after making bogey on 11, standing on, you know, walking up to that 12th tee with the, all the spectators, patrons behind, I kind of, 
you know, looked across to the board and I was only a couple of shots behind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I felt the way I was hitting it, the way, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to try and, you know, try and make a move. I was going to be aggressive and I was going to attack that pin position. Um, you know, little, little did we all know, um, at the time that four of the last six players would end up hitting it in the hazard. And that wind was all over the place then. It, it, it was, you know, it was, I remember it, I remember it very, very clearly. I had 148 yards to carry the water on line with a pin. Uh, the pin was six paces uh, over that corner. And, you know, I felt that there was enough green there to play with to have a go. So, you know, I hit eight time, which flies 164. So 148 covers the edge of the green. 154 is the pin. I've got 10 yards of grace for any wind, which would still have the ball landing pin high. Uh, so I felt I've taken, the, you know, in my opinion, I've taken the water out of play um, and I'm being aggressive and I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to make a move um, to obviously put myself back in position. Big mistake. Um, you know, gust the wind as it, as we've seen through the years. And it, you know, it really did take, it took four of the six players out of play pretty quickly. And you hit, and I think I saw a quote recently where you, you said you hit it pure, like you didn't miss hit it at all. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I was more worried about flying it in the back trap than I was worried about coming up short. And I think, you know, potentially because of that, um, you know, I may have taken a couple of yards off it, but it was a smooth flush, which in my opinion would have, you know, would and should have comfortably taken the water out of play. So um, it didn't. Uh, I pitched on the bank and come back in, come back in the water. And, you know, Brooks did the same. Tony Spino did the same. I think Frankie Molinari did the same. Um, is that the four of six? I think it might be. It, that was basically the final groups. Um, I want to ask you, you, you talk of 12, and it's kind of synonymous with the event. Favorite hole for you on the golf course is? Favorite hole? Do you know, it, it probably is 12, and that might, that might be to the downfall of what happened. I think if I look back through the years of playing, and I haven't done the stats, but if I look back at how I've played 12 through the years, very, very, very rarely have I ever hit it in the hazard. Okay. So because of that, that's probably why I felt very comfortable on the tee. That's why I felt comfortable with taking that, that pin on. Um, and obviously, you know, we got, we got, we got caught out pretty, pretty badly. Mark, what's your favorite hole? You know what I love too. Um, you know, you know, I've gotten to play the place some, but I just, I, I have traditions when I walk around the place. Then the the spectators, the the patrons, get funneled from one green down the right hand side of two. You can't get to the left, and right there by that bunker, when you stand at the top of that area, Ian, Ian talks about the golf course sort of unfolding in front of you. From the top of that hill, you look down, you see two green. You can see eight T. You can see three T. You can see seven green. You can see through there into 15. It, there's just something about that spot on top of the hill there that 
you sort of look out and you go, I've arrived. And, that, and <laughs> whenever, whenever I'm there, I make a point of going to stand there. And back in the day, I mean, this is way back in the day, I love to go and stand under the Eisenhower tree <laughs> just because the thing was so mean. But but it, it was it was one of those things that as a kid watching it on TV, Ike's tree was something you, you talked about. So I would say too, and that that's the not that I've there's a least favorite hole. I'm keen to get your take in, but but you know as a fan, uh, someone who's rooting for guys in the field, patron. You talk a patron. Well, yeah, I'm a patron when I walk around. I'm a fan now. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, like Pulse, if I'm there supporting you, you talk about how much you love 12. You standing on 12 T, and when you're hitting that third shot down there to 15 off that downhill lie, if you have to, those shots have my heart in my throat as a fan of someone playing all of the time. Yeah. There's there, there's a number of shots like that on that golf course, which you can think about. Um, you know, as you go round the course and the elevation changes between some of the tees and greens, even from some of the fairways, you don't know when the ball's in the air exactly where it's going to land. And you can say that for the second, the second shot into two because you've got a 22-yard downhill elevation change. That green, when you're two, you're 265 out, really isn't two, you know, 265. You're actually only two, you know, 243. So you can reach it. But because that green's so small, it looks so far away, but you can actually reach it. You get the same thing on four with the big drop off into the par three because you you're trying to you're trying to see the ball land and you're thinking you know can I hold that you know middle tier um, when that pins in that section because if you know you go onto the top tier you've got an absolute nightmare putt. You can say the same about the par three six. Again, huge. You know, yeah. you've got a ten you got a ten yard elevation change. But actually, you've got more than that because of the drop-off. That's, you know, halfway down towards the hole. You're probably 15 yards lower than the actual level of the green. You get the same feeling down 10, second shot into 10 with the big drop-off. The ball's in the air. You can't, you can't in, your, in your head see where it's going to land. The same at 11. The same happens at 12. Yeah. The same happens at 15. And obviously, you can't see the ball land at 18 because it's, about 12 yards uphill from when you're hitting your second shot. So again, you know, with a back pin or a front pin, you're trying to see it land. And, you know, if you don't see it bounce or do see it bounce and you realize you've pitched it up on that back tier when you're supposed to be on the front tier, it's just a very, very, very clever golf course that has you thinking all the time and second guessing. Well, yeah. I, Dr. McKenzie say he's like undulation is a golf course's best defense. Hills, a slope. It, it's unreal now that you describe it that way. Ian. I, I don't yeah. I don't I don't understand how anybody ever lands it on 10 on their second shot. I mean, it, it, it's it's such a I, I don't know. It's it's really difficult. We're going to get get you out of here in just a second. Ian. I, I did think of what I believe is the perfect question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If I told you that you could have a green jacket you win the Masters this year, whenever it's played, October. But it meant that you could never be the European Ryder Cup captain. <laughs> this is me. Would you take it? Nope. What a great know. answer. I didn't. I didn't think so. He's pointing at his Ryder Cup union. <laughs> it feels like. It feels like he's rubbing it in. Mark doesn't care. He's he's into the Presidents Cup. Uh, I I, I, pull I, I pull for my friends. <laughs> 
We're getting a close-up of the right. Oh, Ryder Cup. Look at yeah, the this There's is, a bunch of them. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough to look at right now. Okay, well, as a follow-up, I've got to ask you this, Ian, because, man, you've made some putts in your time, and a number of them have been at the Ryder Cup. I mean, I, I've, I've got the one there in my head where you had that, that, it was that pink shirt on, and you hold that downhiller there, and you turn around. It was one of the great celebrations I've ever seen, and everyone behind the green went bananas. Um, for the golfers listening, because everyone wants to play better, over that putt, talk to the mindset. Talk about what Ian Poulter does when you just you you tend to get up and make these putts when it means something it was it was a very eerie moment and it um it was the most difficult part i've ever had to hold but it was the easiest part i've ever had to hold because it was so it was so simple from a mindset perspective and what i mean by that really was i never doubted myself for one second and i never let the the words enter my head what if i miss this putt mm -hmm. and because of that it became the easiest putt but because of that it was the most significant part i think i've i've ever held because you know walking around the putt i knew it was always going to break a little bit right to left it was probably a cut right to left i knew that pre-walking on the green so i had a lot of time to think about it but everything happened in slow motion. So when I walked around the other side of the hole and I sort of crouched down over my putt, what seemed like, you know, what seemed like it took five minutes, but I'd looked up to glance at both, both teams because they were standing behind the green. And as I was behind the hole, the US team were to the left and obviously Team Europe were to the right. And for me, I kind of just looked at every American player and every European player, but, you know, and I could almost sketch out in my mind exactly who was standing where at that very time, even though I only looked up for, you know, a split second while standing behind reading the putt. And it was at that time that I just said to myself, um, I'm going to send this team crazy. And, because of that, I felt, you know, fully charged, fully focused. Um, and I felt I was always going to hold that putt. Fantastic. It, it was in when it left the face. You knew it, didn't you? I, well, I, I, felt, I felt good from about two feet out, three feet oh. out. Um, I wouldn't say I felt, I felt comfortable as soon as it left the face, but I felt like I, you know, I'd... Um, I'd done my homework. I'd read the line, and I, you know, I, I felt I put a decent stroke on it. Okay, last oh. one. For me, oh, so sorry, Carl. You, you speak of the Ryder Cup, and you, we know where you stand now in relation to the Masters. I'm going to ask you this because you're the guy, and I was there to see them, who wore trousers with a claret jug down the one leg a few years ago <laughs> at the Open. So I'm going to say to you, Ian, I'm going to put you the question: the claret jug or the green jacket? You get to choose one. Um, there's two, there's, there's two very different, uh, I can only give you one answer, but there's two very different ask, answers there. Yeah. I think from, from my heart, it's going to be the claret jug. Mm -hmm. Um, from a, w w which is, which will always stay in that position for me. But from a, I mean, from a commercial standpoint, if you're going to talk just business, uh-huh. 
the green jacket would would technically hold a lot more value All right. from a commercial standpoint. But I generally play golf from the heart. Uh, you do. It's fun to watch you, man. Thank well, you. As as much as much fun as I've had, I need to go see my therapist after all this Ryder Cup talk and reliving <laughs> all those memories. So, hey, Ian, thank, thanks so much for your time. You've been very generous. And uh, stay safe. Best of luck. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at some major championships later this year. You, you too. Stay safe, guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.